Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. MTV's official challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love Love at First first Listen. Listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to the Best of the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. This is the Best of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Boom! What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show. Fox Sports Radio. The Doug Gottlieb Show is brought to you by Discover Card. We treat you like you'd treat you. Welcome in. Hope you're having a great holiday season. 877-99 on Fox is the phone number. You can follow me on Twitter at Gottlieb Show. And my man Ryan Music has arranged a spectacular radio program for you for the next three hours. Um, Look, I saw or read what you saw and read yesterday about the um, uh, about the pro the Pro Bowl. And now, look, there's a lot of things about the Pro Bowl that make no no sense. I mean, all star games in general are stupid, right? They they are they are dumb, especially in a sport like football, where I I know there are people that watch the Pro Bowl. I'm respectful of the fact that people love football, but I don't know these people that actually watch the Pro Bowl. Like I don't know any of you. I've 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 long wondered 
it's the the people who sit down and watch NASCAR during football season. I don't know any of you. You don't exist in my world. People who watch the Pro Bowl, you don't exist in my world. I know you exist, and I'm not trying to diminish your desire to watch one last football game for the Super Bowl this year, but I just, it's hard for me to be like, hey, let's sit down and watch a game that doesn't matter. Guys aren't actually tackling or playing hard. There's no real schematics. It's just, you know, let's try not get hurt, have a little fun, and every once in a while you got a yahoo who tries to lay somebody out. But we need separation in this world, and... I guess you could call it first ballot pro bowlers are better than overall ballot pro bowlers. There will be additions because there's going to be subtractions, right? A couple of these quarterbacks and players will be playing. A lot of these guys will just decide I don't want to play. So the list of pro bowlers, first team pro bowlers, we'll call them, came out yesterday. The Ravens lead the league with 12, including Lamar Jackson. The Seahawks, who are currently the number one seed in the NFC, have only two players that are pro bowlers. Now, look, some of this is fans don't know anything. Some of this is the reality of how good the Ravens are. Like the Ravens offensive line is phenomenal. Is it phenomenal because of Lamar Jackson? Okay. Is it because of their scheme? Okay. Is it because they're phenomenal regardless of who's the quarterback? The answer is yes. I go equal parts there. But to me, the the value in Lamar Jackson is that he has led the best offense in football. That's why he should be the Offensive Player of the Year. He has more total touchdowns, more rushing yards, and he has the head-to-head win. But Russell Wilson is more total yards per game, higher completion percentage, more yards per attempt, more fourth-quarter comebacks, four versus one. More game-winning drives, five versus two. Ask yourself, if the game is on the line, who would you rather have? Whether they have this season, and who means more to their team? I think our recency bias and our desire to anoint Lamar Jackson as the greatest of all time, I think we get caught up in the Lamar Jackson story and how good the team is and the word value. When the Seahawks lost to the Ravens, they missed a field goal in the third quarter when the score was tied at 13 apiece. They gave the Ravens great field position, and the Ravens went up 20-13. to 13. With 3.37 remaining, D.K. Metcalf fumbled the ball, and the Ravens returned it for a touchdown, sealing the win. If you want to give head-to-head wins to Lamar Jackson, great. None of that has anything to do with Lamar Jackson, or Russell Wilson, for that matter. Um... Baltimore's defense is the sixth best in terms of yards allowed per game. The Seahawks are 27th. They're the fifth best in terms of points allowed per game. Seattle's the 21st. Baltimore is second in red zone defense. Seattle is 25th. Baltimore's 14th in quarterback pressure. Seattle's 29th. They've, the Seattle Seahawks have had the eighth most missed tackles. The Ravens, the 26th most missed tackles. Look, the Ravens are a better team. Russell Wilson's more important to his team. All of the stats, the reality, tell you that. But we're at this place in, I think we're at this place a little bit in in life, and it mirrors sports. Like, 
the the truth about Trump, however he won the presidency and whatever social media helped sway and all that other stuff, like the truth of the story, of the actual story is, it's the greatest upset in the history of political science. He beat 15 establishment Republicans, then took down the Clintons. There, there's never been a greater political upset in the history of our country. That when he started running, people thought it was a joke. And maybe it was like, well, let's see what sure it was, whatever. Okay, but ask yourself, when you watched those debates and his lack of preparedness and the words in which he used and how all of a sudden it became about his hand size. You're like, this is, this is like a polar, this is like a, a parallel universe to the one which we're living in. R- remember, he took down the Bushes and took down the Clintons. I mean, the Bush family has won three terms as president of the United States. The Clinton dynasty had two terms. Like, you're talking about five terms. The the two families most synonymous with politics in my lifetime, he beat them both. With little organization, with not much of a game plan, very little substance, and he found a way. And you can sit here and go like, you're turning this into a political show. Like, no, dude, I'm not Will Kane. I don't come from a political background. I actually cover sports. But I like to tell the honest story. And but we we can't we can't be honest about the story because we react to so many of the polarizing things maybe that got him there, that he said or done since he's got there. We do the exact same thing here. Right? Like Lamar Jackson wasn't wasn't sitting he was sitting in the tra- the, the green room, fine. Russell Wilson was at home. This is a dude that started four years in college, led Wisconsin to a Rose Bowl, went in the oh, what, fourth round of the draft, or was third round of the draft. They had signed Matt Flynn, and from the second he got there, he beat him out. He's been to a Super Bowl. He's won one. He could have won another one. And in this particular year, Lamar Jackson is a great story. They are a great team. But if you want to use the word value, isn't the guy with the higher completion percentage, more yards per attempt, more comebacks, more game-winning tries? And just ask yourself, if one team's defense stinks and the other team's defense is outstanding, and yet they have virtually identical records, when they played against it, when they play, played against one another, the fact was that Russell Wilson in many ways was the better quarterback, and everyone I think would say because of whether it's experience or throwing accuracy, whatever, Russell Wilson is the better quarterback. But I'm just pointing out, in terms of value, when your team can be great, even though your defense isn't great, your offensive line isn't great, and you've lost your best wide receiver for the season, like all of these things combined, and you're sitting here trying to tell me that Lamar has more value when he's on a clearly better team, and the Pro Bowl, while it's not the end-all, be-all, I don't think we're going to look at these selections and go like, wow, you're way off. No, the Ravens are really good. They're really talented. And they're unique. And they've taken the league by storm. But he doesn't bring more individual value to his team. His success or failure 
He is not the biggest determinant in whether or not they win. I'm not saying Lamar sucks. I'm saying he should be Offensive Player of the Year because he has been in command of the best and maybe most efficient offense in the NFL. He gets he he gets complete respect for that, and he gets an award for that. But the word is value, and when one team's defense is 27th best in the National Football League and the other one's five. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and challenge all-star. And speaking of all-stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of Challenge Champion. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. 
Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a stat from Spectrum Sportsnet. That's the Lakers network. LeBron's free throw shooting by quarters, 77% in the first, 67 in the second, 71 in the third, and 63% in the fourth. He was three of six from the free throw line in the fourth quarter, two in a row with 253 remaining. They trailed 198. Now, I've long been a proponent, and I said this earlier today on First Things First, the TV show on Fox Sports 1. I've long been a proponent. Why don't they have one and one in the NBA? Why are we putting less pressure on NBA players than we do collegiate players or high school players? They should have to be better free throw shooters than, uh, than their younger counterparts, right? Regardless, even with it being one plus one, which is two shots, he misses two with 2.53 remaining. They trailed by two at the time. Those are devastating. And if you watch him play, he's not trying to create contact late in some games because he seems like he's trying to avoid the free throw line. Now, I've had the free throw yips. Everyone knows I had them in college. Not sure how many people know that I was a great free throw shooter growing up. And I also know that it comes and goes. That Some nights you just feel good and some nights you can't get a rhythm and and I, I don't know if he has what I had. It would stand to reason he's an all-time great player. And yet, you watch him up there, and he just doesn't look comfortable. Right? Like Mark Price, who's like the greatest free-throw shooter of all time, would get up to the line, and you're like, well, these are in. And it's not just because he's a great shooter, and he's little, and he's, you know, Whatever. It's it's more because this dude just looks comfortable and LeBron does not. It's a huge it's a huge issue, not simply because of the free throw line, because of how it changes how LeBron plays. Like we can go round and round about why I think Jordan was better and why I think LeBron um, unequivocally benefits from pace of play, style of play, and the style of officiating. But the biggest way in which he biggest way in which the NBA has changed is defenses are not allowed to be nearly as physical and offenses are. When you take away you can also take away a center, you know, a rim protector. There we've taken a whole pers- a whole player out of the lane. Right? There's no more Charles Oakley would, does not exist in this day and age in the NBA. Carl Malone does not exist this day. And, so you take away a 6'8", 240-pound body. You put in some lean shot blocker at center. And the lane becomes far easier to manipulate, especially when you're the size of a Carl Malone, as LeBron James is. There's nobody your size in your way. And the rules allow you to be as physical and play downhill, which is like when your body and your force is going towards the basket. It does not allow the defense to stand you up. You're not allowed to put a guy a hand on a guy's hip. So all of the all of these things benefit a player of LeBron's skill set, LeBron's size, his ability to get to the rim. And yet, he seems to be avoiding attacking the rim late in games, and this is a reason why. And not only does that not bode well for the Lakers who have been playing great basketball, 
but but also consider if you look at the makeup of their team, they don't have other guys who create shots. They just don't. They don't have other guys that get into lane and make the defense collapse. That's LeBron's job. So he's hurting his ability to score. He's hurting his unique size and athleticism advantage. And he will hurt the Lakers' ability to create shots for one another if he continues not just to have the free throw yips, but to play in a way in which it feels like he's a little bit hesitant to take the ball to the rack. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and challenge all-star. And speaking of all-stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of Challenge Champion. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. 
Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I've seen some places where Dak Prescott is listed as a snub. Okay, well, Aaron Rodgers is having a better season. And if it's not Aaron Rodgers, then Kirk Cousins is having a better year. And if not Kirk Cousins, then Jimmy Garoppolo is having a better year. Like compared to Dak Prescott, the Vikings are 10 and 4 in a better division, in a tougher division. He has one fewer touchdown pass, six fewer interceptions, higher completion percentage, tied in yards per attempt, higher passer rating, and they won head to head. And he's played most of the year without Adam Thielen. Jimmy Garoppolo's Niners are super talented. Now they played a soft schedule to start, uh, but again, so have the Cowboys. The Niners are 11-3 in a more difficult division. Right? Rams and Seahawks, they play four times combined. Those teams are better than everybody in the division with the, the Dallas Cowboys. Jimmy G has a higher completion percentage, higher passer rating, wins over the Rams, the Steelers, the Packers, and the Saints. Who have the Cowboys beaten that's any good? The Rams. You know, they're 1-6 against the good teams they played in their schedule, and... Frankly, the Rams are a good team, not a great team, not an elite team, likely not a playoff team. Uh, you know, we, we want so badly, we, we want so badly for the Dallas, for Dak Prescott to be deemed as elite. Dak Prescott, a little bit of the Lamar Jackson thing is what he benefits from. Because people feel like they missed on the draft, anything he does should be uh, hailed as a an FU to teams that passed on him. And in a contract year, I believe he's lost money because I think a lot of quarterbacks could have played well against the bad teams. How can you how do you play against the good teams? And he hasn't played nearly as well. Is it all him? No. Is it schemes? Sure. Is it <clears throat> is it Zeke not being as good and not being there in training camp and early in the season? Yep. Part of it. A big part of it. So I look at this thing and I don't think you'd even put him on a list of quarterback snubs. Look at the NFC. It's stacked with good teams. Has he had a better year than Carson Wentz? Sure. Sure. I'm, I'm, but we also need to point out that Carson Wentz's receivers have been decimated by injuries and he's been devastated by massive drops, important drops in key moments. Dak Prescott plays on a 500 team. He's the quarterback of that team. They're one and six against the good teams. We're wasting our time with a discussion. Wasting our time with a discussion about whether or not he was somehow snubbed. He was somehow done wrong by Pro Bowl voters. The Cardinals are terrible. Cardinals are terrible. But Kyler Murray's actually having a pretty good year. And he's a rookie. The Cowboys are super talented and are average, right? They're middle of the road. They're inconsistent. Actually, they're consistent. They're bad against the good teams and good against the bad teams. They are the, the epitome of an average to slightly above average team. 
And while wins and losses aren't all quarterback play, there is a certain quarterback element to wins or losses, right? That's what we give. We give when Lamar doesn't pass the ball well, we say, well, this is why. This is why. So I, I'm blown away by the, hey, how'd you guys forget about Dak Prescott? We didn't forget about him. You got to compare him to the field. And while I don't think Kirk Cousins is the greatest quarterback in the NFL, no one ever makes the, you know, because of his contract, which by the way is not really, three years, 86 million is not really crazy money. But because of his contract, we make it out like Kirk Cousins should be playing better than he's playing. Kirk Cousins was a fourth round pick who won the job in Washington. You know, he had two years of franchise tag. He got paid. And has he been the best quarterback on earth? No. But has he lived up to the amount of money that he's paid? I think the answer is absolutely yes. He's everything we thought he was. Nothing we thought he wasn't. And if you, the first three games, they kind of spoon-fed him and made him run the football to establish this is what they want to do. And it's worked out. And right now they're leading their division. And they got a chance to win their division if they can beat the Packers at home this weekend. So I, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated, absolutely fascinated by what happens this weekend with the Cowboys and the Eagles. What happens in the contract negotiation between the Cowboys and Dak Prescott? I think this weekend, and you know, he missed. He was limited some in practice with a shoulder issue. He also has a hairline fracture in one of his fingers, in his ring finger. Like, there's a bunch of stuff going on. But the biggest thing going on is the Cowboys can't beat the good teams consistently or only beat one that's the Rams. And that's partially the sign of quarterback play. You know? We make it out to be scheme only so much. Quarterback is a wins and losses position. It's position of leadership, and he's been pretty good. We haven't heard in a year in which Jerry Jones at press concept after press conference talking about his coach. We haven't heard Dak say anything really at all or anything divisive. There's an art to that. There's a value to how Dak purports himself. But the biggest value is: Do you win the big games because of your quarterback? And this is a there's no bigger game in the NFL than Cowboys Eagles in Philadelphia. Eagles are decimated by injuries. Lane Johnson was out for today's practice. So was Nelson Aguilar. If those two don't play, it's a complete mismatch talent-wise. If Dak can't take advantage of it, how much are you going to pay him? Oh, and then, oh yeah, by the way, please stop with the, he got snubbed as a pro bowler. He'll probably already be a pro bowler anyway, because most of these guys get selected like, ah, I don't know. I got a guy in the other line about some white walls, right? They break out the major league, major league line. But he's not a snub. The only thing he has over these guys is number two in total passing yards, right? But if you're going to use passing yards as your argument, why isn't Jameis Winston in the Pro Bowl? And by the way, Jameis Winston's team, they've won five in a row. Now, they've beaten the bottom of the league, but those are the exact same teams the Cowboys are beating. I could use the same thoughts, the exact same thoughts for why Dak belongs in the Pro Bowl as why Jameis Winston does. The difference, obviously, is 
is that Dak doesn't turn it over as much, but he also isn't as prolific in terms of touchdown passes. Aaron Rodgers, better year. Kirk Cousins, better year. Jimmy Garoppolo, better year. Dak Prescott, upper part of the middle of the road. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and challenge all-star. And speaking of all-stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of Challenge Champion. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stan the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, 
Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let's welcome in Daniel Jeremiah. Of course, uh, Move the Sticks is the podcast. You see him on the NFL Network. He also covers L.A. Charger games for a living. Uh, look, Drew Brees strikes me as a guy who, because he won a Super Bowl, obviously he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. He's setting or getting close to setting just about every record at the quarterback position. I don't see him at the level of Peyton, Brady, even Aaron Rodgers. But I don't break down tape. I wasn't a personnel guy. How would you characterize Drew Brees to somebody who hasn't watched him his entire career? Well, I, I would say, first of all, he's the most accurate quarterback in NFL history. You know, just to, if you were to have a throwing competition and took every quarterback in the history of the NFL, Drew Brees would win. He'd win the biggest teddy bear because he is the most accurate quarterback of all time. Now, um, he does not have a huge arm. And I think as he's gone later in his career, the numbers are outstanding. But there is a difference between, you know, Drew Brees in that dome uh, versus Drew Brees going and playing outdoors. Uh, you know, I, I don't think that that's a secret. But, you know, that would be kind of the difference maybe with him or if you're comparing him with, uh, you know, with Tom or, or Peyton. Um, you know, I think that's where the, the difference would lie. But he's been with the right play caller in the right building. Um, and there's no disputing the fact he's the most accurate quarterback I've ever seen. Um, how good are they as a team? Well, I think, look, they were going to, no matter who came in there the other night with the, the emotion and, and all that was uh, on the line there with the record and everything else, they were going to blow out whoever came in there. I I think they're really good. I do not put them on par, um, you know, say, saying that they are just going to, you know, run through the entire division or conference. And this is, uh, you know, the clear cut favorite. I, I don't view them in that light. I think they're one of three or four teams that have a shot coming out of the NFC. What do you make of the Niners? I mean, the Niners go in there, win the week before, and then come back home and look awful. How, how do we explain that? Well, secondary wise is that's the one part of their roster that I, that I worries me a little bit. Uh, obviously, even though they won in New Orleans, they gave up a boatload of points and then they couldn't get off the field at the end of that game last week. So that to me is a little bit of a concern. I still feel good about how this team's built though. And I think it's built for the postseason. And I know a lot's being made. They went from what the one seed to the five seed. Um, I think they're one of those teams though, with, with being built in the trenches, being able to run the football, um, I think they're one of those teams that aren't quite as dependent on home field advantage, whereas the Saints, to me, their whole their whole outlook changes if, if they have to leave the home field. Totally agree with you. I, I just, I can't, I don't really understand how you go in and you take the Atlanta Falcons lightly and they run you off your own field. That's it, you know. Uh, but I guess, I guess lesson learned and you, you find out how you mature from it. Cowboys taking on the Eagles. Um, you and I have discussed Carson Wentz. He has mm-hmm. made some amazing throws that Nelson Aguilar has dropped. You know, now he probably doesn't have Aguilar this weekend. Won't have Alshon Jeffrey. Might not have Lane Johnson out at practice. I feel like this is a mismatch in terms of talent because of the litany of injuries. And really, this Eagles team is not as talented as the one two years ago. Is that a fair depiction of this game, uh, this game Sunday in Philly? Well, I just said two things on this game. Number one, if you put who's available for both teams down on paper, it is decidedly lopsided in favor of the Cowboys in terms of talent. Not even close. 
Uh, there are a lot of practice squad players that are getting minutes for the uh, for the Philadelphia Eagles. The other thing I'd say is if both teams come in there and play their best football from what we've seen this year, the Cowboys will win the game by two touchdowns. I and mean, they blew them out the first time they played them. But Carson Wentz has the ability to play at an elite level and, and bring up some people around him. Fletcher Cox on the defensive side of the ball. I would add Zach Ertz. You know, they've got three stars that can, you know, hopefully if you're an Eagles fan, you're hoping they're going to have uh, – you know, unbelievable performances, but the bar is very high for them. Whereas the Cowboys, they won a game last week. I think Amari Cooper caught one ball. Gallup caught one ball. I mean, they can rely on the offensive line in the run game. Dak has the ability to have a big game. They can spread the ball out to wide receivers. I mean, they they just have a lot more ways to win, whereas the Eagles need Carson Wentz to put on his cape and be Superman. Yeah, yeah. I was, did the Cowboys do anything different schematically against the Rams? Uh, schematically, they switched up some things. I thought they, uh, there were some different fronts. I talked to a coach around the league about this a little bit, and he said uh, he even brought up the fact that he thought they, they had switched up some fronts and some looks. But, um, you know, I, I just thought they just took – once you took away the run game and the Rams bailed on it early, that was the biggest story of that game. Let's, uh, let's work our way to the AFC. The, here we are, we're looking at the New England Patriots – and you and I have discussed their lack of weaponry. Um, there's an article in the Boston Globe where they, they they deserve the benefit of the doubt. Do they? Like, I get they figured out and found ways to win games, and there's an art to that, right? Some franchises mm-hmm. find a way. The one you cover, the Chargers, they find a way to lose games they should rightfully win. <laughs> right? That's kind of the history of the Chargers. That's called chargering. The Patriots <laughs> find ways to win games they should rightfully lose. But you do get to a point, you talked about the Eagles this weekend with, you know, Carson Wentz having to wear a cape. I just don't think they have it. You know, a 42-year-old quarterback who's not what he used to be, a wide receiving court's not what it should be, no replacement for Rob Gronkowski. Tell me why I should believe that the Patriots can beat teams in the playoffs that they can't beat in regular season. Well, it sounds weird to say it, but the Patriots' best chance is is not for the Patriots to go win football games. It's for other teams to lose football games against them. You know, that, that's kind of their, that's their way of doing it is they're going to sit there and hope that you're going to turn the ball over. They're going to play, you know, defense, hopefully try and rip the ball out and get it, get uh, a couple extra possessions for their offense, kick some field goals and win ugly football games. But uh, it's hard to watch them offensively. It's just, it's not easy on your eyes and it's hard to imagine how they're going to be able to get enough points to get through a, a playoff run. Um, but you know, you see it, you see a lot of these teams, even in the postseason, um, they, they beat themselves. And that's one thing that New England Patriots will not do. They will not turn the ball over. Uh, they won't beat themselves and they'll rely on special teams and defense. And I personally don't think it's enough this year when you look at the qual- the caliber of teams they'd have to play against, but, uh, that's kind of what it looks like. That's the way they're going to roll. Yeah. They, it's the ping pong analogy. You ever, do you play ping pong? Oh yeah, absolutely. The guy that just gets it back over the net, just get yes. it back over the net. Yes. Yep. Yes, and it's annoying, and you're smashing it, and you're hitting, and like, you got better spin, spin. Yes. Right? like, you're top topping it, and then you're hitting slice, and then you're making it move to the side, and he's just... Yep, every time. Just waiting for you to make a mistake. Daniel Jeremiah joining us. You know, you covering the Chargers is interesting, because I think they're doing something that Tampa's doing, that a couple other teams are doing, where they're letting the season play out before they make any sort of decision at the quarterback position. Let's start with the Chargers. Two weeks ago, I would have said, hey, maybe you keep Philip." After last week, I say, maybe you don't keep, keep Philip." 
I know he was hurt by Melvin Gordon's two two fumbles, and I'm not sure any player in football has lost more money than Melvin Gordon with the contract negotiations, the holdout, and his play subsequently. But where do you think the Chargers should be as of today at the quarterback position? Well, I I, I think it's still to be determined. I, I you know I, we talked a couple weeks ago, and I said I thought these last four weeks would say a lot in in terms of where they go and what they do, and it's not only. Doug, it's not even just Phillips' performance, you know, kind of, okay, this is, you know, he finishes up these last two games and plays well and put this last one out of your mind and you say, okay, we can, you know, we can kind of see past this, we'll get the offensive line fixed and and you get, you know, another year with him going into the new stadium. I think that's a possibility. The other thing is, depending on whether they win or lose these games, is going to see where their draft position is. So, you know, if they end up they end up winning these games, and even if Phillip just plays so-so and they end up picking 14 or 15, you've got to start asking yourself, like, okay, if it's not Phillip, then who is it going to be? Like, what, what is our plan here? Because you're going to miss out on the top-tier quarterbacks um, if you're picking that low. Now, if they end up picking 7, 8, 9, then I think you could say, okay, not only could we potentially get one there, but we're in position where if we wanted to move up to get a, you know, a Tua or one of those type of guys – you know, you figure the, the team's picking two and three. The Giants and the Redskins have quarterbacks, so they would seem to be a willing partner because they both can't get Chase Young. Uh, I mean, you get what I'm saying here? It's just kind of, it, to me, there's a lot that goes into that. You have to figure out not only do we want Phillip, uh, but you got to figure out what, who we're going to get if not Phillip. What do you do with Jameis Winston? I think they're going to franchise him and, and get one more look at it. Um, you know, I think he's, he's leading the league in passing yards, I believe. Uh, he's going to lead the league. And a lot of a lot of categories, some good, some bad. I I don't think that's a long term way to be successful. Um, but he he just continues to give you enough hope that um, you know the, that you can get that good performance side of him out. So I think they'll buy another year. I don't think they'll extend him with a long term deal, but I think they'll get one more year to look at him. Doug Gottlieb show on Fox Sports Radio. That's the voice of Daniel Jeremiah. He also covers the NFL draft for the NFL Network. In addition to all of his all of his other jobs. Um, Baker Mayfield, based upon every statistical measure and some people's analysis, has has regressed. Mm-hmm. I look at it and look. There's some confirmation bias, but some of it is just I've talked to enough people, and I know that you break it down and said the same at the time. Sam Darnold was viewed as a better pros- prospect because he had a higher ceiling. Is it possible that, in addition to, not in lieu of, in addition to coaching and other dysfunctional elements within the Cleveland Browns. Baker Mayfield just was, was closer to his ceiling than say a Darnold was or Lamar Jackson was, and their improvement was expected. Whereas he's kind of flattened out because this is who he is. I don't think there's anything um, controversial about that. I think that's just a fact. I mean, we said it coming into the draft that year. If I had to start a game tomorrow, I would take Baker Mayfield. He's played the most football, um, you know, physically he is who he is, and he's got enough enough you know reps and games and starts that you kind of feel like you know where he's at, and, and there's limitations there. Now that's that's he's going to be he's going to be better year one than Darnold and all these guys. I, I think that was you know just common. I don't think anybody disputed that, and I think Darnold, while it's been a little bit of an, a rocky road, I still think he's got plenty more uh, to go there. I think there's tremendous upside and growth potential there. Um, and then this year, because of some of the other, you know, circumstances, whether it's play calling, drop balls, um, lost confidence, which I think is a little bit of it there with Baker, 
um, you've seen him actually take a step back from what we saw last year. So I, I don't think that's a take. I just think that's obvious as a fact. Can you fix it? Can you manage it? Can he be the long-term answer there? I think so. I think Baker can be a, a good quarterback. You know, I don't think he's going to be a top five, top ten quarterback. But I think when you put the right pieces around him, and that includes, you know, the right system, the right offense, and um, he can make it. He's got a huge arm. He can make every throw. Um, he's just, you know, he's he's going to need some of those pieces in place. And to me, almost just a little bit of a rebuild of him, just confidence wise, and um, some of that stuff that's not necessarily just you know throwing and you know calling plays. Who's the coach who can do that for him? Man, um, that's a great question. You know, I you know I'd have to you know I'd have to go back and look and see who some of these coordinators are. There's all these hot names. Um, you got Sirianni, who's uh, who's with the Colts, has a great reputation. Um, you know, people say, "Oh, do you need an experienced guy?" Maybe it's a, a defensive guy um, that kind of reined him in a little bit. Maybe that's a Ron Rivera. I, I don't know. I don't have the right answer to that question right now. What about Mike? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Dorsey's Dorsey obviously was in Green Bay. McCarthy yeah. was in Green Bay. I don't know what their reputation, their relationship is like. Is Mike McCarthy? I, I just, guy? I just, figure, I just figure if he had, a, if if he wanted him, he would have hired him this last cycle. You know, so that to me is why that doesn't necessarily make sense. I think sometimes you connect the dots on that, but we don't know what type of relationship or what the opinion of, of him was. But I would have thought this is a Super Bowl winning coach. Um, you could have had a shot at that last year, and they chose to, to go with Freddie. So. Uh, that to me would seem odd if he would then pivot one year later and go get him. Yeah, yeah, that's a it's a it's a hard one. Last thing, Lamar Jackson appears to be on a path to win the NFL's MVP. Couldn't you make the case, and I have, that Russell Wilson's actually more valuable? Not going to win it, right? Because we've all like we're so blown away by the Ravens. And I don't. Mm-hmm. Let's not put everything into Pro Bowl selections, but twelve Pro Bowl selections as opposed to two for the Seahawks. Seahawks defense isn't great. Offensive line is better run blocking than pass blocking. Yet here the Seahawks are in a tougher division, and they're going to have, right now they're the number one seed in the NFC. I know they lost head-to-head, but it wasn't really Lamar Jackson related as much as a, you know, a key drop, a key fumble um, r- related. Like in just in terms of true value, isn't Russell Wilson more valuable, more important to the Seahawks in terms of their performance than Lamar is? Well, look, you're never going to hear me say anything negative about Russ. I, I think he's, you know, you could very strongly make the case you just did that he's deserving. I would just counter that by saying we saw that Ravens team with Joe Flacco before, you know, these last several years, including uh, what, before Lamar took over last year and what that team looked like. It was not good. Um, so I, I would I would just push back on that and say I think Lamar, even though that came with wholesale changes to the offense and they've added some other pieces this year uh, with Ingram and Hollywood Brown and everything, but uh, that was an organization that was actually in a rut um, before he took over. So I think that that does speak a little bit to to his value to that team. That's fair. It's a fair point. Is there a Pro Bowl snub that you went to bed last night thinking I got to give this guy a little bit more love? Um, truth serum. I didn't. Yeah. Even, I didn't even. I didn't even look at it. I know. Why do they do I, it with two weeks left in the season? <laughs> I don't know. I I just look like I see some stuff that comes on Twitter about it. I just to me like I. You know, talk to your buddies around the league. You know, you talk about who the good players are, and and Pro Bowl is just it's lost its weight, I should say, with with evaluators a little bit in that regard. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm with you. Are the Packers any good? I don't. Gosh, I I feel bad saying it. I I, I just 
I don't consider them a serious contender, and I and I recognize the greatness of Aaron Rodgers, and I know the defense under Mike Pettin is, you know, getting after the quarterback was it Arius Smith and all those guys. I just I don't I don't view them that way. I just they're not explosive, they're not dynamic at all, um, and maybe it's just because I had a front row seat when the Chargers uh, smashed them oh. when they came out here. So maybe that's maybe that's where that is setting in. But I just I think they're going to lose to Minnesota this week. So I guess we can revisit it next week. Yeah, and then there's Kirk Cousins. You want to talk about a guy who's had a really good year that we haven't maybe given his just due to. You saw him last week. What's your impressions of Cousins? Just efficient, accurate. You know, he had the one mistake, which he hasn't had many of this year on a screen. But, um, you know, he just takes what the defense gives him to, to break it all down. It's just, he just he's not trying to be too much. He's not trying to do too much. They design a couple shot plays off that play action. Um, he hit them, and then everything else was just take what they give you and know you've got a good defense and run game to fall back on. It's it's the most comfortable. I've seen him play several times. It's the most comfortable I've ever seen Kirk. He just looks like he's very, very comfortable in, in the system and the scheme and the players, all that. He's, he's really settled in there. Awesome stuff. Daniel Jeremiah, download the Move the Sticks podcast. Check him out on the NFL Network, or if you happen to like the Chargers, listen to his call of the games along with Matt Money Smith on AM640, one of our sister stations here in Southern California. Great stuff. Happy holidays to you. Merry Christmas. Thanks for joining us. Happy holidays, Doug. Have a great day. All right. That's Daniel Jeremiah from the NFL Network. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love Love at first first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters 
every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.